Shalom. This is Schmoozing with Rav Meir Schiller. This is the second part of our conversation. We shifted really into almost a specific conversation about cell phone, cell phone usage, its prevalence, understanding why it is demonized and why perhaps it shouldn't be demonized. There's a halachic consideration that I floated there that I think it's a gender's interesting response from Rav Schiller. So here it is. And I think that it stands on its own, but you should, if you only listen to this, you should definitely listen to part one because some of the themes really are once again brought back and perhaps fleshed out even better. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's wrap things up today with with something I suggested to you the other day. In the same way, and again, I'm, I'm, it's a little bit of a stretch here, and you can shoot it down if you want. The same way I believe that modern conveniences and aspects of the world infiltrated into all Jewish life, and Rabbonim and Paiskim basically realized that they better come up with a way to be matter this, because it's already here. You really see this actually a precedent like this by the Baliatesvis. You see that they talked about interactions with the non-Jewish world, whether it was taking ribis or other sort of things, which seemed to go against the Takonos Chazal. And they came up with explanations how the world has changed. And nobody would accuse the Baliatesvis of being the model for the conservative movement. The reason is there's ways. I would say the same thing when it comes to newspapers. When newspapers became impossible to ignore in the 19th century, uh, when everybody was really, the broadsheets were being read, and it was almost like like a Dover Poshet. You needed a Paisic like Rabbi Yisrael Lipschitz and the Tveris Yisrael and others to say, yeah, okay, this is Oynik Shabbos, we're going to be Matarit, despite the fact of how strange it was, Lumas, two or three generations previously. What I'm wondering is, is that children who are raised, and again, this might not be the Chesidish Shabbat, but I definitely think it's many of the Yeshiva Shabbat that you call the Passaic Five Towns Velt. I didn't say Five Towns. I'll agree with Passaic. Five Towns is more complicated. Yes, okay. But let's say the phone. The iPhone, right. I can tell you that I was sitting with Rav Nota Greenblatt, Tzatzel, and I had brought him down to Houston, and uh, he was writing a get for someone that that he held was a mitzvah rabba, and he was getting phone calls, and he had a cell phone. And when the phone was ringing, as he was writing the get, he turned to me and said, this is the worst invention since the atom bomb. <laughs> of course, he had one, because he needed to have one. Despite being in his late 80s, as uh, Oppenheimer understood, there's no going back. You can have your smartphone, flip phone, whatever it is, I can tell you, that in the Chesidish Mokam Tefillah that I was davening, I noticed that right by the Aron Kedish, there was a number of phones plugged in. Like, like Mamish next to the Aron Kedish was there. And I mentioned to the roof, I said, look, this Mokam Ahayvakaart, you know, the Chevra, as soon as davening was over, they grabbed the phone. As soon as they were out the door, they were already looking at their messages. So even by the younger light, the Chevra that are, that are modeled, we are so dovik to our phones. Alakas Kamavakama the children, Alakas Kamavakama the students, and therefore, on Shabbos and Yontif, it's almost impossible for them not 
to check their phones, not to see what's going on. And I think the outrage over the phone is so intense. It's like, I can't believe it. My son was texting on Shabbos. I can't believe it that he was using the phone. Look what that is. I think there's a misunderstanding. The entrenchment of the phone as being an appendage of most of their bodies makes it almost impossible for them not to. And maybe we have to think about ways of understanding it, looking the other way. Even if they talk, I have a phone and recognizing, let's be like Roshlamah Zaman Arabach. What is the Isser of texting? What is it? Okay, first of all, it's a battery-powered object. So you're not necessarily being Mavir. Let's look at what you do when you send a text. Is it real Kaisev? And basically, instead of saying, Oi, Shabbos, Shabbos, like when the Chavetz Chaim heard about the, somebody smoking on Shabbos, he just stood there for five minutes and cried, saying, Shabbos, 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 Shabbos. Recognize that this is a reality, like newspapers, that it's going to be hard to peel away. And instead, try to, maybe it doesn't have to be Bapumbi, but maybe to turn a blind eye and say, yeah, no, 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 all right. A person who calls over his friend and says Lashon Hara is over a lot more Risurim than the kid who is texting his friend, hey, I'll meet you after Davening. Okay, a lot of subjects have been raised. I'm trying to take notes as you were going on, but a lot of subjects here. Okay. First of all, all, again... I think we could call this the good ship pontificate. Yeah, but go ahead. Okay, so again, a lot of things at one time there, but I'll, I'll try to, you know, separate them. One, just in terms of the uh, the harpkite of the Isser, the severity of the Isser involved, I would caution you very much uh, by saying that uh, danger to one's overall spiritual ascent can often be done with something which is not as halachically bad. In other words, somebody rides in a car on Shabbos, or many other things I can think of, which in halachic status, in this fail of Hara, but it doesn't depend on necessarily the halachic severity. So that's just one thing I wanted to take care of here at the beginning. Halachic severity is not necessarily the measure of spiritual danger. But having said that, I think with your general point of utilizing in a positive sense or discussing in a positive sense, let's say the phone, I think that's worthwhile. I don't think I could go to the place where I would say that uh, texting on Shabbos should be dealt with in kind of a turning a blind eye sort of thing, you know, and and not calling it as we see it. Uh, I I don't think I, I can go there with that. But again, in terms of any person who has an addiction, whether it's the, the drugs or alcohol or texting on Shabbos, okay. So you don't have to throw the person in the garbage. But on the other hand, I don't think we can say there, this is I think it is Third, I would not put these different groups together in one category. The person who's texting on Shabbos, whether it's uh, some non-Orthodox kid who doesn't know his nose from his toes, or whether it's some kid from who knows where, He's not the norm. I don't think he's the norm in the Hasidic Shavelt. Is he the norm in that on the way out, strange, decorated, colored Beckish's world? I suspect it might be a little worse there, but I don't think the solution can be to say it's okay. I think the solution is going to be, going to be, have to be sought elsewhere. Fourth or fifth, I've lost track. But anyway, 
I don't think every guy who is recharging a cell phone and that shul that we can therefore assume that he is such an addict that he's going to be texting on Shabbos. He, he is an addict. I didn't mean to imply that at all. What I meant was that, okay, that okay, even, good. even Be'arozim naflu eish, right? Right. You know, the, right. even the idea of the phone being so crucial to life, the idea that I, as soon as davening's over, I have to check my messages. This is something which we had this problem. I'm sure you did too. We wanted the students to give their phones up before Shear, right? It was it was always a very frustrating thing, especially as the Rebbe himself uh, carried a phone, right? And and what I would do in the Yeshiva of Newark was, look, here's my phone. I'm putting it down. We're all shutting our phones off for the next couple of hours. This has been a struggle that's been happening down the line. Right. We, 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 you're talking about the distraction of looking at your texts and texting, but not Shabbos. Shabbos is a different Madrig altogether. Right. No? But, but, but the yeah. point, though, is Obviously, Shabbos has to be an ibikarnish. This is not the way Choyal is. Right. Shabbos is showing a kedusha atzuma that comes from the Sviras Hamalchus and Kesser. Okay. Right. Right. But if you're not holding in that hasaga, it's going to be very hard to see uh, this. What you just did. You know, this isn't turning on, going into your car and driving. This is something that is more so personal. Right. It's like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Right. Look at it. Right. You can see there are countries, underdeveloped countries throughout the, the planet where they'll, they probably are never going to get in a rickshaw, much less into a diesel powered automobile. But you know what they have in that ramshackle abode that they live in? They have a phone. Would you say that those who want to forbid these things, that their insistence upon a flip phone as opposed to a smartphone is a significant battle line that they should draw. The truth is the flip phone has texting ability, right? That's the point, right? right? Yes. The, I think you can, you can take it off. I, I think you can take it off. But anyway, you know what? Yeah, but it, it does have texting ability. It, yes. the, the idea of the flip phone is this is not, you can't get the internet. You cannot, right. right. That is the point. You can't get internet. You know, I don't try to bandy about my phone when I go into Chesidah Shabbos but often when I speak to the Rabbonim there and I have something that I have saved in my email or, or something that I can show them, I'm like, I'll go over to them, right? And, and I can see, you know, they, they bite their lips, but they look, right? And sometimes they'll say to me, mm-hmm. and, you know, because they understand that they realize the power that this has to be able to bring the whole Kola in your hand and be able to show somebody something to, to be necessary from. I think the handheld phone, you have a flip phone. Absolutely. But you understand that this is something that is the a culturization of yes. a, of the phone. Yes, no, no, I, I agree with you. But he, he, here's my point. My point is not so much flip phone versus smartphone. You, you're correct. It's we have not succeeded in giving enough of a sense of a Ziskite and a Gishmak and a Tifkite in davening, in learning, in one's reading material, in one's reading material, a Shabbos afternoon, a, a long summer Shabbos nachmittag, is it sad to read about Gedolim? Maybe even it's sad to process worldly news and discuss it with the family. So again, I think the problem is over there in not having the ability to give them a sense of Gishmak. I would say one more thing, if I may. Not long ago, some kid was asking me in this Chassidish Yeshiva, I mean, He's asking me about the Satmar of Shittah, 
So I began to discuss with them the various perspectives there are on Zionism today, from the most pro to the most anti. And the kid was riveted. And I find even Beishraga, they're riveted by these things, but yet the communities are afraid to allow for any sense of Iyun in the topical issues that are very much part of their world, whether it be secular studies, uh, Hasidim Misnagdim, uh, women's role, Zionism. So I just question, I just, maybe it's not the, it's late in the discussion to raise this, but might that not be a bad idea to allow them to process issues alpitoira, whatever Ruf Gazovsky say, whatever Satmaruf say, whatever Ruf Cook say, and, and maybe to allow some degree of depth, because I find very much in the Hamish Shavelt, side the Yeshivish, side the Hasidish Shavelt, that an argument is decided by who yells the loudest, and that they don't have a serious sense of reflection or Ian on any. You know, as, as you've indicated before, there's always the fear of opening the Pandora's box. Yeah, there's the yeah, fear yeah. of 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 revealing yeah. the opinion. And again, if you're really going to do it with intellectual authenticity, then you're not just going to take one statement of Rav Cook out of context. You're going to look at a whole mimer from Chazoyna Geula or something from the Igris Araya. Or more problematic, the Igris. Let, let me talk about one last thing here, which you know, is sort of a, a pet peeve of mine. It was actually raised by, by many of the people from our vintage. The prevalence of the phone, the complete insertion of the phone, it isn't so much, you know, the, the way the Chassidish would say, this is, look what you can have. You can have pornography, you can have the value. It basically shattered personal interaction, still kite when you walk in the street, the idea that right now, when I go into this metric, you know, again, or even walking in the street, a person is talking to someone else. He's not talking, he's not, he's not cognizant of the person in front of them. The attack on the phone was always the monster of the burlesque show, <laughs> the monster of sex. That's what it was. Sex and violence, sex and violence. both. But really, the monster is the encapsulation, the cocooning of every individual, the guy who runs to his phone first before saying good morning to the guy sitting next to him. That's the machla. The machla, the way Ray Bradbury already had it out. If you've read Fahrenheit 451, he already describes people who, who have these earbuds who are completely in their own belt. The phone, even if it's not a smartphone, the fact that you can walk and connect to anyone anywhere over the world means that you are not in this present place, when when you and I were growing up and you saw somebody walking down the aisle of Key Foods, I'll, I'll throw you a bone over there, or Fred Montese in Memphis, and they would be talking, right? You would say, do get a Meshuganil, right? This is a Meshuganil, right? Today, you're the Meshuganil for the one not talking. Every single person in every single from store, even yeah. when, uh, 10 or 12 sure. years ago, when my sure. son got married, we wanted to go to Gula. I parked by Bells, and I took that big walk down Malcha Yisrael, and me, myself, my daughter, and my wife, I was amazed by the incredible percentage of, of cell phones in Eretz Yisrael is, is, I think, the highest of almost any country. And what was going on? Instead of the streets of Geula Meisharim, the Yidin walking with their, you know, every single person was talking on their phone, disconnected. Here's what it them. does. Here's what it does. I would encapsulate it this way. It destroys 
the mind and the heart, both. Because the ability to pause, reflect, think, write, speak, these are things that cultivate both the mind and the heart. The person who sat down to to write a letter by the fireplace (laughs) wrapped in their bathrobe and their shawl, that person is engaging in in a type of affectionate embrace of the other. So let's say once upon a time, I had Talmidim, you had Talmidim, who went to Eretz Yisrael. How do we communicate? You wrote long letters to each other, which you which you waited for, which you studied, which you embraced. I have downstairs here boxes and boxes of letters from Talmidim. Sure. Today, there's no such thing. You remember, the, the they were usually blue with the word airmail written oh, those, on it. those envelopes. Yeah. Those envelopes that you had to take a knife to cut properly, otherwise you would miss some of the words. And the more frugal among us would actually write on the sides, which you then pasted into the part of it. But in any event, again, I think it's destructive of human emotion and of a meeting of the minds. I once had a principal, one of my yeshivas where I was at, who would sit at meetings with Raphael, and he'd be texting on his phone in the meeting. So again, destructive of all human... I worked for a principal that I was just around the corner from him. And he was texting me about his response to something I had just said. And again, this was about 12 years ago. Today, I'm not shocked at all because my wife texts me when I'm upstairs and downstairs. But but 12 years ago, I went and I knocked on his door. I said, <laughs> Rabbi S, I'm right here. Why, why are you texting me? I'm right here. We just got finished talking, right? <laughs> but no, th- th- there's no question this is true. And it's a very important point. And once again, as in everything else, our leaders, our rabbinical leaders, by and large, make the mistake that you mentioned before. The problem is is sex and violence. Sex and violence, that's all they ever talk about and think about. No, the problem is it destroys your very humanity. That we would have the Chabur, the Baal Shemtev, dreamt about, and Rishos Salanter dreamt about. Avni Nezer was asked when he was a little boy by the Divrei Chaim, you know, what sort of tzedakah was possible in the Dora Midbar, because everybody had man. So where is thy mechzer shayechzer loy? Avni Nezer said, there was a kolben merdas, but meschaske levein mitzei v'schot vinsegedas. That was also a tzedakah. That could happen. And that could happen if if people had that type of connection, that recognition that we are this group, that it's it's the person in front of us. Even the ones who have seem to have less kishran be connected in a way where they aren't just feeling that they aren't really part of things. Anyway, wrapping Simple things up. Human conversation. Human conversation. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is again sort of what we do here, this schmoozing together. We'll catch you hopefully soon. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.